0: Sales Paradise, episode lucky 13. I had lots of tough
1: experiences. I think anyone listening right now will say, hey, selling is the highest paid hard work, but the lowest paid easy work in the world.
0: This is Sales Paradise. Now here's your host, Our dad, Chandler Barron. All right, everybody. Today we have who I call the godfather of sales. We have Mr. Tom Hopkins. Tom Hopkins is in the house. World renowned as the builder of sales champions, Tom Hopkins Practical yet powerful selling strategies have made the careers of literally millions of sales professionals. Tom has been teaching via live events, recorded audios, videos, and through his books for over 40 years. His classic book, which is a book that I saw back when I first started in sales and it was already basically a standard for all sales organizations, called How to Master the Art of Selling. It's dog-eared on the shelves of today's top sales pros. Tom will teach us simple strategies that you can put to work in your very next sales presentation. Why have millions of people built their careers on Tom's training? Because they get results they want. They close sales and they have happy clients. Tom, welcome to Sales Paradise. Well, thank you, Chandler. I'm excited to be on your program. And- Talk
1: about my favorite subject, which is the art of selling. So wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Let's have a fun time.
0: Well, Tom, when I first got into sales back in the early 1990s, I mean, you were already a legend even at that time. So, as you can imagine, this is a very, very surreal feeling that I'm having, you know, to be able to actually interview you.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: So, we know you from the stage, we know you as a best selling author. But take us back to the beginning, as far as how you originally got into sales.
1: Well, I was an iron worker, and anyone listening who knows what an iron worker is, this is a man that carries steel. That because concrete has no tensile strength, so a bridge deck that you drive over that smooth concrete, it has tons of reinforcing rebar in it, and for a year. I carried steel on my back like an animal, and uh, I did it for a year. And I always kind of tease people and say, Yeah, I was six foot two when I started. Now I'm only five foot seven. So (laughs) it, it was a lot of work. But luckily, my father saw that I was a hard worker. And he said, Tom, you know, you're now 18, and in California, you can get a real estate license. You got a nice way with people. Why do not you get into real estate? And of course, I was afraid of even thinking about trying to take an exam. I, I wasn't a real good student in school, and I was nervous about uh, having to pass this real estate exam, And but he chided me and talked me into it. And so I, sure enough, I failed the real estate exam three times and was close to think I'm giving up on this, but I thought I can't keep carrying steel. So I, the fourth time passed, and then I had a real challenge, Chandler. No one would really hire me. I was only 18. I looked young. I didn't have any money, and I was on a motorcycle, didn't own a car at that point. And fortunately, I did find a broker that said he would give me a chance, and I started in uh, real estate on a motorcycle. I didn't have a suit, so when I was 16, I played in a band. And we had band uniforms, kind of like the Beatles when they came here in 62 to the U.S. So I wore my band uniform on a motorcycle. That's how I got started. But fortunately, I think I found my niche. And that's what I hope the folks listening to us will try to find if they don't have it. And I call your business life niche something you love to do. And the money comes to you because the love affair you have with the business and of course serving people so that's what happened when i got into real estate i I didn't start off real well but all of a sudden i had taken some seminars read some books uh, found a couple people to teach me the art of closing the sale and all of a sudden i started making sales and uh, things happened and all of a sudden at the end of the second year i was the top salesperson Pretty much in California in real estate. Uh, And in fact, my last year in real estate, I sold 365 homes in that year, which was an average of one a day, which had never been done. So I, I loved it for eight years. And then, of course, I wrote my first book, How to Master the Art of Selling, and that became a New York bestseller. And all of a sudden, my phone starts ringing, and people want me to come and teach. And so I, started doing seminars first in real estate, and then, of course, I moved into the general sales field. And uh, today, I, I think in any every audience in, that I stand in front of and teach, there will be almost every product or service imaginable where the people sell and earn a commission. So that's kind of my story. And today, of course, I I still love getting on a plane and flying somewhere in the world and teaching these wonderful people we call salespeople. (laughs) Because selling is the foundation of our free enterprise system. And very few companies would make a profit if they didn't have a person at point of sale as a sales representative to make the sale and of course, make the for the company.
0: What I love about that story also is that it would have been so, so easy for you just to have given up or to have made a lot of excuses. I mean, you were on a motorcycle when most times, you know, we think of a realtor having a really nice car to be able to take the clients, you know, back to, you know, from house to house. Uh, but it also, it actually shows that you, it seems like that you went from being, you know, a newbie to being a thought leader pretty soon. I mean, did you have many difficult situations or did it really come easy at a certain point and it was all smooth selling?
1: Oh, sure. I had lots of, Tough experiences. I think anyone listening right now will say, hey, selling is the highest paid hard work, but the lowest paid easy work in the world. And, and you're going to have cycles where everything you touch seems to turn to gold. And then everything you touch turns to something other than gold. So it's it's a real cycle business. And again, I come back to the fact that I, I found my niche in real estate. And in eight years, helped over 1,500 people find homes. And, uh, you know, I just loved it. And then, of course, that one year that I sold the 365 homes, the National Association of Realtors asked me to speak at their convention in Los Angeles, which I'd never spoken, never dreamed I'd want to speak. But I just kind of got up and taught what I had done. And I was only 24 years of age at that point. And so these people are saying, this kid's 24 and he's averaged one home a day sold for a year. (laughs) We got to listen to him. And so I did my little talk. And fortunately, the people in the room, they'd come from all over the United States to come to the national convention. So they went back to their offices and shared what I'd kind of taught. And all of a sudden, my darn phone started ringing. And the rest is kind of history, Chandler. I was invited to to speak and uh, started doing it and then got busier and busier. And fortunately, I had a partner that ran the company as far as getting me bookings. And then we had people that were around the United States and, of course, foreign countries. We had our representatives in Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Malaysia. And uh, that's kind of how it, it happened. And I'm approaching 5,000 one-day seminars now. And wow. well, do you, I think when I hit that number, that'll be the probably when I'll say, okay, I've had a lot of fun, <laughs> but
0: goodbye. I'm sure. <laughs> well, we, But I, I was thinking also back then, even though your father encouraged you, you know, he was the one that I guess gave you that initial confidence, but was he surprised when you really did so well? Well,
1: first of all, I will say this, I don't talk this out a lot, but I didn't finish college. And when I did quit, my father was totally disappointed in me because he and my mother, who were not really, let's say, successful financially, they had really sacrificed. And to get me to go to a parochial school, they and wanted me to be a success. And so when I quit college, I came home midterm. My dad was so upset and I'll never forget. He said, son, I'll always love you because you're my son. Even though based on your decision to not go to college, I just want you to know you'll probably never amount to anything. And believe it or not, that was the
0: spark. So he was just trying to get you out of the basement. (laughs) Well, I,
1: I think that was partially true because when he said that, I said, oh, yeah, I'll prove it. Uh, I'll do something to become a success. And uh, again, doors opened when I got into real estate and he was knocked out because he he never dreamed that I would not only sell so many homes, but invest in so much real estate in my own on my own and build my net worth. Uh, So he was ended up not only very proud of me, but he and both he and my mother uh, came to work for our company, and they oh, wow. they worked in my warehouse, uh, at, you know, packing tapes, and back then yeah. we had cassettes. We didn't have CDs yet, <laughs> but uh, mom and dad worked for me until my dad got to the point where he had to retire uh, physically. So, yeah, but uh, I don't think if my dad had not chewed me out for quitting college, I, I don't <laughs> know if I'd have been the success I was
0: fortunate to become. Well, you know, if I'd have been him back then, I would have taken credit for everything. You know, I would have said, <laughs> "Yes, I'm the one who knew." <laughs> I would have yeah. wanted like fifteen percent of everything. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a.
1: Yeah, I wish I could have done that, but he he was a good <laughs> man. He and mother were v- very good, and uh, so yeah, my life has been just so blessed with the right people coming into my life, uh, be finding mentors and. I hope the folks that are listening will realize one of the first keys to success is to do research and find someone in the company you're working for that's extremely successful and then follow them around, copy what they say. Uh, When you find a good mentor that has done a successful job in their own life, they can now teach you. And and that's kind of what happened to me. I uh, found a man, uh, J. Douglas Edwards was his name. And he was the man that really wrote the book in our country on closing the sale. Uh, And back then we didn't have cassettes yet. We only had records, but he had this one record closing the sale. And uh, it changed my life as, as well as a lot of other salespeople and, I ended up buying all the rights to his uh, training so that I could teach it. And many people say, Tom, I want to hear this J. Douglas Edwards. Well, you know, I own the rights and we have uh, a CD called Back to the Future in Sales, which is his work. And, of course, he and I collaborated and I recorded uh, how we've updated. And that's one thing you have to realize. Uh, Selling the fundamentals of selling will never change. But the culture can change. And one of the biggest changes, Chandler, that I see in the profession of selling is because of the internet, because of the ability for buyers to get information and knowledge, they are smarter today than ever before. And I think you really have to be sharp, smart, not only knowledgeable but you really have to learn the art of selling in the proper way. And, and that's, of course, why I, I, see it. I think it's so important that all of us in selling become students of others who have done well. And, I mean, of course, uh, I, I have had other mentors and so forth. But find someone that you can copy and do what they do, and then you'll develop your own selling style.
0: I also love the concept of the art of selling, um, you know, because even as things keep changing, there's more and more sales channels. There's different type of sales channels. Still, it seems like it's it's relevant that selling is will always be an art.
1: It really is. Uh, it, a lot of people hear the term selling or salesperson, and they're kind of turned off because they feel you have to be pushy or overbearing or aggressive. And my last year in real estate. Uh, 96% of the people that came in to look at homes with me were referred to me by other happy buyers. So I I think building a service-oriented mentality to where you, you think of serving more than selling, and if you do that, you'll do lots of selling because the service part of your life is coming across, where you care about people, you sure want to have a great income, which there's nothing wrong with wealth and abundance. But it's also important that you, you know, you want to give back and serve your fellow man with the benefits of your product.
0: You know, I know the lessons that you speak about and that you teach uh, are not any industry dependent. i mean, as far as it can be for any person in sales. Let's dig a little bit deeper into what you teach.
1: Well, I, I there's basically seven fundamentals. In fact, let me say this, all activities have fundamentals. Uh, football has blocking and tackling. Uh, those are just two general fundamentals. Golf has got grip alignment, stance, and posture, four fundamentals of a good golf swing. And selling is no different. Uh, they, there are seven basic fundamentals. Uh, prospecting is finding the right people. Then, of course, making a good original contact, number two, where people like and trust you. Then, number three is qualifying, asking them the right questions to find out what they'll say yes to and write a check to uh, to purchase. And then, of course, your presentation, how you come across, both on the the telephone and in person. Then, of course, number five is handling areas of concern, which are objections. You've got to have that as an art form. Then, of course, number six is closing the sale, which is, I think, one of the most important but misunderstood parts of the art form. And then, of course, you getting referrals from the people that you've made the sale to. So those seven fundamentals are what I think great salespeople master. And, of course, if you do, you'll not only have a lot of fun in your life, but you will make more than the average person makes income-wise. Because of taking a risk, making a sale is a risky business, but once you master the art of it, it's a blast.
0: Yeah, I love that. I mean, I feel, especially coming from someone that you had many reasons to have even given up or to have thought that, okay, this isn't for me. And I feel like those lessons, um, they, they transcend, I guess, time. It doesn't matter whether you learn it on a vinyl record or cassette, eight track, or even now... You know, it's all you're basically listening to it digitally.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's co- it's come a long ways.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, and that's I, I feel like that part will never change.
1: I'd, I agree with you. Uh the people business, which is really what selling is, it, it, it's fundamentally not ever going to change. The culture might change. The knowledge of buyers might change. But those seven fundamentals, if you master them which is you know, pretty much what I teach in my seminars, try to cover all seven in, in a six to seven-hour period. But I think if you master them, you're going to do well regardless of what your product or service is. And believe me, selling will be paradise just like your business is. <laughs> Sales paradise is what it is when you really know what you're doing, do it well, make a lot of income and have a lot of fun and have people like and trust you, and you're going to have a great life.
0: Yeah, because like you said, that people like and trust you because you're actually helping them as well.
1: Definitely. Come across as a servant, not a salesperson, and the selling will happen.
0: Those are definitely words to live by there. Oh, well, Tom, that's the music that means that we are now at the Last Call Lightning Round section. Are you ready for the lightning round questions?
1: I'm ready. Let's go for it.
0: Tom, do you have a quote that has inspired you that you can share with the audience?
1: Well, I do. Uh, many years ago, a very wealthy, successful man when I was a neophyte in selling, he gave me some words. He says, "Tom, live by these words. I must do the most productive thing possible at every given moment." And he gave me those words. I put it on a plaque, had it in my home, in my office, and If you would look at the 86,400 seconds that we all have in a day, no one has any more, no one has any less, the people that end up with the most at the end of their life, I believe that they were precious with their time, and I must do the most productive thing possible at every given moment is a quote that I think anybody in the field of sales can learn, can write down, put on the wall, and you watch that, that those words were had a tremendous positive effect on my life. I like
0: that. Well, what about a um, book? I know it's probably hard to recommend other books other than one of your many, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I will say this. If a person is in sales, I, uh, the first book, how to master the art of selling, which has been every two years, I ed- re re edit it and uh, bring in new closing techniques that, of course, would be the one I would suggest of mine. But I think there's also a couple books that uh, had a tremendous effect on me. And one was Think and Grow Rich, which was, believe it or not, written in 1937 by a man named Napoleon Hill. And that book you can still pick up today. I'm sure they, if you can get it from Amazon but that book still today, you can pick it up and you'll hear so many pearls of wisdom. And, and another one of my favorite books, again, this was written in 1936, was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie.
0: I didn't think about and, it, but the 1930s were good years for books.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, well, that's true. I mean,. It, 1939 was the first record that Earl Nightingale made. So oh, wow. those thirties had a lot of powerful
0: people. In them, <laughs> I'll tell you.
1: But the fundamentals of life, of happiness, of success—they—they uh, they will probably never change. They just—you hey, have to adapt them to the culture and the 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 people of the times.
0: Okay. Well, what about? I know that for over forty years you just had a. An unbelievable schedule as far as traveling and um, you know presenting. What about a morning routine? Do you have one of those?
1: Oh, yes. I, I uh, of course, get up early and uh, I have uh, 45 minutes of cardiovascular workout six days a week. And then I have 15 minutes of lightweight training. And I've been doing that almost every year of my life. Uh, six days a week. And I, I feel that the physical fitness and exercise is not only necessary to have a high energy level, but I just feel when you look good and you keep your weight to a degree of balance and, you know, and and, and this type of thing, I think people will then respect you and they want to listen to your teaching. So that morning ritual has been mine. You know, well, forever. So I I just feel that that's an important part. Then after I I do my workout, of course, I back then I'd be in the real estate office. Usually one of the first ones and many a night, the last one to get home because I put in many, many hours. Uh, I think I think that people have to realize that to really become successful, you got to commit a fanatical amount of time and effort to build the momentum. Now, one thing about selling, when that momentum gets built, and in your community you have a reputation for integrity, for ethics, when people like and trust you, when they want to refer friends and relatives to you, when all this comes about, you know, you just live a wonderful, happy life. And that's kind of uh, what I've tried to do in my life.
0: Yeah, I like the, the thought of, like you said, momentum. Um, that, that basically, that's what you're trying to build at that time.
1: Yes, you've, you, and you've got to put forth fanatical time and effort for a couple of years, maybe even three. Uh, my first three years in the real estate business, when I started doing well, uh, I only took Christmas days off. I mean, I was a fanatic on w- work ethic because I really wanted to prove my father wrong about my life. But I also wanted to become successful and it takes fanaticism and time and effort to build that momentum. But once it's built and your reputation gets out there in your industry, you'll be amazed how fun and easy selling becomes.
0: It's almost like to try to push a huge round boulder, a rock, you have to push really hard in the beginning But then eventually when it starts rolling, then that's when you get to reap the benefits of that initial effort.
1: Yeah. So very, very true, Chandler. Right on.
0: All right. Well, um, what about uh, charities? Do you have uh, a favorite charity?
1: Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. I I do totally believe in giving uh, back and so forth. Uh, And and there is a guy, uh, Michael Cappy. Uh, He has a company called Just A penny please.org. Again, that's just a penny please.org. And he worked for me years and years ago, but he is walking across America to raise funds for domestic violence. And he's done so well. He started in California. He's nearing Amarillo, Texas, about now. But anyone listening may want to look up that uh just the pennyple dot org. and that to me, would be something that might be a place uh, to put your tax deductible charitable investment in. so that's that's definitely something they may want to look into,
0: oh, yeah, it's probably even just not only a great cause but just fascinating to to see what he's accomplishing,
1: yes, definitely,
0: all right. I like that. Well, well, as far as this upcoming the rest of the year, what what are you so excited about now?
1: Well, of course, I live pretty much excited all the time. But <laughs> I would say, Chandler, that one of the things I'm excited about is I've I've come up with two new books, um, and and one is called Fill Your Funnel: it, Prospecting with Social Media. And the reason I'm excited about this new book, I co-authored it with Dan Portick, but these this book is going to teach strategies and How to Build Relationships in Social Media, which that has become such a booming industry. And my second book is, is uh, titled The Smart Startup, and that's coming out in October. And I co-authored that with a, a man named Omar Periou, who is a wonderful man, worked for me for years, and that book comes out in October. Uh, but I, I so hope the folks realize that, People that do these type of things aren't trying to just sell anything. They're trying to serve. And hopefully they've got some ideas in our short time that will make them want to uh, know more. And I'd love to become their mentor or coach, which is uh, what my life is for today.
0: Yeah. Matter of fact, that brings up the point. How do people get in touch with you?
1: Well, if they go to TomHopkins.com, they can find me. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. And they can go to my website, all my books and CDs and everything I've created, they can go there. And you know, one thing I put together, Chandler, if they go to my website, they can get go to a free resource page where we decided, because a lot of people don't have a lot of money right now, especially if they're new in sales, so I decided to come up with our thank you notes, some wonderful uh, ideas. We have a free CD for new people, and they can get that f- for nothing if they just go ahead to my website and look up the free resource page, and maybe I can get them started. And nothing makes me happier than the letters I get from people to say, you know, Tom, I started in selling, I didn't have any money, and someone get handed me a copy of your book, and I read it and read it and read it, and today I'm one of the top people in the company. And that's that's really, I think, the payment to an educator, a teacher, is when people take their t- training, their techniques, their strategies, apply them, have a better life in serving their fellow man. And 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 that's really, I, I think, uh, one of the keys.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's, I imagine that's the type of thing that Makes it all worthwhile going through security, you know, in the airport and (laughs) yes, (laughs) (laughs) having to take your shoes. not as
1: easy as it used to be. Oh, my
0: goodness. No. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Tom. Uh, I really appreciate uh, you joining us here in paradise.
1: Well, all the best to you and your listeners and keep serving and selling and have a blast. And I wish you all the best, Chandler. Thank you for a very nice interview. All the best to you, sir.
0: And to everyone listening... Thank you for joining us here in Sales Paradise.